Are you ready? Hello and welcome to another episode of the Around the CFL podcast. Anthony is here with you today and we are talking Simon Fraser University and the heartbreaking news that came out regarding their football program that has been cancelled effective immediately. Simon Fraser was originally a part of the NCAA's Lone Star Conference, which was a Division II program, and it consisted of a number of teams in Texas and, I guess, northwestern the United States. But in February, it was announced that the school and the NCAA were no longer going to be in a relationship. And then yesterday, the news broke that the school will now be shutting down their football program permanently. We will be right back with today's special guest, TSN analyst and broadcaster Farhan Lalji. Today we are discussing the heartbreaking news coming out of Burnaby, BC yesterday as Simon Fraser University announced they will be shutting down the Red Leaf football program effective immediately. Joining us today is legendary TSN analyst and SFU alum, Mr. Farhan Lalji. Welcome to the podcast. Anthony, thanks for having me. I'm not sure about legendary, but uh, I, I am a, I am a TSN broadcaster and an SFU alum for sure. Well, I am a huge fan, so I appreciate you coming on today. Uh, I guess the first question is why? Why is this happening? Why are they shutting down the program? Well, you know, what we think is the problem and what they're telling us, I, I think are two different things, right? I mean, the the, uh, lead, or the president and the athletic director are saying that this is a case of not having a place to play and too much uncertainty surrounding the program because of that. Um, However, we just don't believe they have fully explored the other options. And they have claimed that um, continuing to pursue those options, there's no guaranteed uh, outcome that guarantees you success. Uh, It still leads to a lot of uncertainty. They're kicking the can down the road, a bunch of those types of things. And we're just not willing to accept that because we've had some conversations as well. And we think that there is a path to a solution here and I think it's one they weren't willing to explore which has to again to go back to your question it makes you ask why and what the true agenda is and generally when there is that level of agenda for something like this you have to think the focus is money even though they tell us that's not the reason so what steps would or should have been taken by SFU prior to making a decision like this Well, first of all, it would have been nice if they would have consulted the stakeholders, right? Like if they would have come to the alumni and said, this is a grave situation. Uh, What can you do to help? Um, I would imagine that there would have been a lot of uh, a lot of activity, much like there is currently. Right. So that's number one, because the alumni certainly have a lot invested in this in terms of scholarships. They've built uh, endowments, they've built things of that nature and just, you know, the overall work and commitment that they've shown. But, you know, the, the certainly the athletes were left out of it. Right. That becomes a a difficult topic because of the emotion involved around getting the athletes involved at the front end of that. But there's still stakeholders, there's business people, there's other football people in the community. Like this is a a crushing blow to the entire football ecosystem. And yet nobody else was brought into the mix in any of this to see what could have been done. So they should have done that, consulted stakeholders. Then they should have had a full process of exploring U-sports and the NAIA and see if there was a way of getting an exemption around their existing bylaws. Uh, to potentially allow football-only membership. None of those things happen. So as a result, here we are chasing. There are a lot of reactions right now around, I guess, the method in which the announcement was delivered. Does just releasing a statement really do justice to the severity of the situation right now, and not only to the current players, but alumni? 
Um, probably not. But I mean, look at the at the end of the day, they released a statement, but they did talk to the athletes, you know, before the re- the statement got released. Um, certainly showed a complete level of disrespect to the alumni, and nothing was done in that regard until it was too late and after the fact. And you know, obviously, there's a lack of respect there uh, from the athletic department and the university towards the alumni, and and that's what what has led us to to that part of it. But um, yeah, look, there there hasn't been a lot of communication. I don't know what the right way to handle a topic as emotional as this uh, on the back end once you've made the decision. But um, I, I think all of it was was done poorly. There's no question about it. President Joy Johnson said there was nowhere in 2024 for the program to play, but why not at least try to play out the 2023 season? Well, like, again, you'd have to think money. And I know the university has said that they've made the decision to do it now to provide clarity for the players and give them a chance to just kind of move on. And if they want to consider their options, they can do that. But the reality is, is this is the worst possible time to do that. All the recruiting has happened. Scholarship money and spots have been allocated. You know, uh, spring ball in most cases has already happened at different universities, meaning starting spots have been won, right? So it's it's been so – this is the worst time. If they wanted to do it the right way, play the 2023 season as scheduled, tell the athletes this is the last year, give them that clarity, and then they can get film. They can have one last dance together if that's what they so choose. And then after that, the season's over, and now in December they can get into the proper recruiting cycle – and timelines right and to, you know to me that would have been the right thing to do for the student athlete instead of basically having a meeting and say the program is dead today and then escorting them out of the locker room right like you know the the harshness of that is just not good on any level so you have to believe that there was an agenda in place to cancel the program after the 23 season and then a decision saying well since we, we might as well just save the money if we're going to cancel it anyway and deal with the, the backlash now rather than later but at least we'd we'd save the money. So uh, I'm assuming that to be the case. I can't tell you that for certain, but certainly all the dots connect to that type of decision-making. So you brought up scholarships and that's a great question that I have for you now is the scholarships are obviously going to be in jeopardy. And how is this going to affect the current student athletes that are currently enrolled, not even looking at the spring ball guys, the, the like couple dozen recruits that are coming in, but how is this going to be affecting the current enrolled SFU football players, not only scholarships, but just everything in general, like what are they supposed to do now? Well, that's the issue, right? I mean, the school has said they'll honor the scholarships for the 2023, 2024 season. So, so let's hope that happens because they allowed recruiting to happen, right. And spring ball to happen and give every indication to these kids that there's going to be a season. So now for us, uh, I believe there was an obligation for them to perform and perform as a school, meaning not just the scholarships, but to give them a season to play, right? I think that contract, uh, physical or, or moral, was entered into this offseason, right? Because you allowed people to be recruited. You allowed people to train and get ready for a 2023 season. So they have a duty, in my opinion, a legal duty to perform. It's not just about honoring their scholarships, right? So... You know, hopefully there's there's legal remedy that we're able to take and, and win uh, as a result. You know, but as far as the scholarships are concerned, yeah, like they'll get honored. But ultimately, you know, these players are put in a very difficult position to continue their season because there's going to be three or four blue chip guys. Right. Uh, Jarrell Cummings, Evan Noli and a few other guys that there's going to be a lot of schools that are interested. Everybody else is going to be really, really trying to sell themselves. And, you know, if, if I'm a player 
if I'm a, a high school recruit that is committed to come up, I've said no to other universities. And those other universities have then gone out and filled those spots with other players, right? So it, it's it's such an unfair, heartless decision to to cancel the 2023 season when they've really entered into it, right? I mean, they can say the season starts in September. No, that season started in January. And, you know, hopefully the, the right thing eventually happens here and these guys – get put in a position where they can at least complete this season. What led the NCAA and the Lone Star Conference to not renew the relationship with SFU? Well, look, I don't think the relationship was ever sustainable, right? I mean, this is crazy that they've got to go to Texas to play games in the Pacific Northwest. I don't think it's sustainable. You know, question a year ago when all the COVID protocols were still in place and they were potentially having to lose games um, on the schedule and things like that. So so that part is difficult. But really, this is, this is not about win-loss record or distance or cost. It's right now, it's about the fact that the Lone Star added a Texas team, right? When they let SFU in, they had seven teams from Texas. And there's three teams from the Northwest that wanted to come in. So it was convenient to get to a schedule of 10. Well, now there was another school in Texas that decided to make the move from Division Three to Division Two, And as a result, uh, it just became inconvenient to have SFU in the league. So they wanted to get to a place of, you know, the eight Texas schools and then the two schools that were remaining in the Northwest so they could get to 10. So it was really that simple. They wanted an even number of teams on the schedule and they had a Texas team coming in, which was just so much more logical for them to have in their conference. So they said to SFU, sorry, 2024, this school's coming in and, and there's now no longer room for you. And it really was, it was as simple as that. So back in 2010, I believe it was, SFU joined NCAA from the U Sport program. Why... Why did that happen? Was it because there was more scholarship opportunity available going into an American conference or the four down aspect sounded more enticing? What would have led them to jump to the NCAA to begin with? Well, SFU's athletic history is American, right? I mean, when the program was, when the university was started in 1965 and athletics started then, the idea was to to give Canada's best athletes an opportunity to play in the NCAA against better American competition, right? And the NCAA Division II level is better across the board, right? Not just in football. Uh, and, and certainly in football it is, right? So that was always the athletic philosophy. Now, the, the truth is the university hasn't backed that up, right? Like they haven't invested financially enough to make that happen. So SFU used to be in the NAIA. And first they operated as an independent. Uh, they played division one schools back then. Eventually they settled into uh, a local Northwest geographic conference. It made sense financially. They were able to bust to all their games. Everything was going well. But then what happened in the early two thousands is all of those schools in the region decided to join the NCAA and leave the NAIA. Some of those schools went to division three, which is a non-scholarship level. Others went to division two and at the time, the NCAA and its bylaws said American schools only. So SFU then joined U Sports because that you know, that was the only place they could play, and they they were there until 2010. You know, and obviously in the last couple of years of that process, they were lobbying the NCAA to to get in, and the schools in their area uh, that were NCAA Division II schools that they previously played in in the NAIA, they lobbied on their behalf too, right? So the athletic history at Simon Fraser, and look, I've been a, staff, a department employee and I've agreed with it, right? And I, and I still agree with it to this day is to provide a unique option for Canadian schools to play American competition, you know, and, and certainly for other sports, it aligns really well because there's tons of opponents in the region 
that they've had history competing against. Now it just didn't work out for football because so many division two schools dropped football, right? So schools that were in their league previously, like Western Washington and some of the California schools like Azusa Pacific and Humboldt state. And so many of these schools wound up dropping football. And, and so as a result, football is in such a different logistical setup than what the other sports are. So it's working great for the other sports. Uh, you know, the philosophy, the mandate that started the university fits, but for football, there's nothing left. And, and coming back to play in Canada might be the, the only and best solution. So you had mentioned earlier also, you know, like some legal questions that you guys have been asking, what are the next steps? Like what are the potential outcomes or possibilities that we could get to here after what was announced yesterday? Well, you know, I, I certainly think there's a, there's going to be a push to create pressure uh, on the university, right? Just from the, the, the outside, from the stakeholders, from the court of public opinion and all of these types of things. And then, um, and then, you know, I, I fully expect the, the alumni to, to file for an injunction in court, right? I could see that happening uh, at some point next week and basically tell the university that you've created a great deal of damage to these student athletes and you entered into a contract to perform for the 2023 season uh, for all the scholarship athletes that are coming in that turned away other programs for, uh, for um, uh, you know, the people that are, that are in the program right now for all of it. Right. I think a lot of damage has been done here and they began the 2023 season in January and they, they have an obligation to do that. So we're, we're hoping that, you know, arguments along those lines uh, will, uh, will allow some sort of legal proceeding to, uh, to take a win, right, and force them to play the 2023 season. And then after that, we can uh, look ahead at, at what there is beyond that. And what could there potentially be beyond that? Um, what are the possibilities of U-Sport kind of getting back into uh, uh, a relationship with SFU? Well, I, like, I, I hope that that's a possibility. And from the people I've talked to uh, at, uh, at Canada Western and U-Sports, I don't think that door is closed, right? Currently, their rules are, that if you want to play U sports, every sport that we offer, that, that you offer, you've got to come to U sports to play, right? Like it's, they don't like dual membership unless it's a sport that they don't offer. But, you know, much like when we joined the NCAA, the rules of the time were only American schools and we successfully lobbied that. So I think that there is an understanding that it's not good for anybody for a school to lose football that has it. It makes it easier for the next school to make the same decision. So the hope is that, you know, if we can get the program operational for 2023, that we can then go and lobby Canada West to allow SFU football back in as a football only a member, uh, which would require a change of bylaws or some level of exemption that would need to get voted on. And, and hopefully that we can get all the stakeholders involved, including the Canadian Football League and uh, Football Canada and provincial sport organizations and everybody to make the case that this impacts everybody. Uh, losing a program hurts opportunities across the country uh, for a program like SFU. So we want to get all the stakeholders aligned and make sure that everybody understands that this is a this is a real hardship. And if and the school has publicly said it's not about the money. So if that's the case, prove it. Right. And, and you know, we'll we'll see where it goes. There is some sources on social media trying to assist current enrolled athletes to relocate, which is great. But with the petition that's circulating, which is also posted on our Instagram profile, um, should we not be trying to save the program before we're looking at moving these players out of SFU? 
Yeah, you know, look, it, it's hard, right? I appreciate where the players are coming from, and and uh, they want clarity and they want certainty. And and you know, but most of the players that I've talked to on this file, yeah, they're looking, but they're also waiting, right? Like they're they're trying to get their ducks in a row, and then like on May first, if they've got to pull the trigger and go somewhere else, they'll do that. But I, I and the coaches across the country that I've talked to uh, that have been reaching out to our players are also of the same mindset that look if. If it doesn't work out and you guys can't save the program, we'd like this kid and we'd like to be a place, you know, a place that they can they can end up um, having some success in for their final year or two. So, you know, hopefully everybody can do this respectfully. I'm not going to sit here and be down on a player for wanting to, you know, do what's best for them and for looking at all options. I mean, you, you have to do that, right? These spots, the few that there are, are going to go away quickly and everybody's got to look out for themselves. So I totally get it. And um, heck, if it turns out that we don't, uh, if we're unable to save the program, I personally will help as many guys as I can find that next step. Right. And, and I've got a network to help. Like I, so I, I want what's best for the players too. And I want what's best for the program. And hopefully it can all work out that those two things are, are the same for, for everybody. Right. I mean, you know, like I said, I've spoken to guys personally and they said, my choice is to finish my career here. And, uh, but at the same time, I've got to have those conversations and they're right. And you can't begrudge them. And you just hope that everybody can do it respectfully and not do it uh, in a way where it looks like they're just picking at the carcass, you know? Right, exactly. Um, you mentioned the impact that it's going to have. And, you know, we've we've talked about the impact that it's going to have on the current players and, you know, with spring ball. But this is going to hit even deeper than that. I mean, this is going to have a huge impact on recruitment and development of football players in BC and Canada wide, even down at the high school and Bantam level, would it not with one less place to go? Oh, a thousand percent. Right. And I mean, especially in BC, this is a really, really hard thing for our ecosystem and it's going to make less kids want to play because there's less positive outcomes for them. And, uh, you know, in SFU based on this philosophy, um, you know, should be recruiting aggressively nationally, right? So, uh, you know, and, and really everybody is doing that now, but certainly SFU should be doing it with, you know, more so in their current setup, right? So, uh, yeah, it's it's totally bad, right? Uh, you, you look at Alberta and Saskatchewan, now those are provinces that have double the number of university opportunities and British Columbia has more, has a bigger population. They've got more kids playing football. There's there's 10 or 11 schools in Ontario that are playing football. And there's certainly not 10 or 11 times the population in Ontario as there is in British Columbia, right? So we can't be left that far behind, right, with, with our kids playing to just take away that number of opportunities. So, you know, it hurts the ecosystem. You look at the BC Lions. They're doing tremendous things to try to grow the game, and, uh, not just for the franchise. They realize that more kids playing uh, youth and high school and university football it leads to more football fans and, and more kids in, you know, more, more benefit for them. So they're helping at the grassroots level. This hurts everybody. It's, it's a terrible decision that has wide reaching impact. Amar Deman was on my podcast a few weeks ago and we were actually talking about just that, about growing and grassroots and whatnot. So it's definitely, you know, it's affecting a lot more than I think the school is just seeing. Uh, I guess my last question for you is as an SFU alum, how how was this how or I guess what was the feeling for you when the news first broke like on a personal level what did the how did this hit you well it was a gut punch right uh, you know for me I I've had a chance to to be involved in these discussions I was not expecting it to happen the decision to happen maybe I was naive but I certainly wasn't expecting it to happen when it happened and the way it happened like in terms of immediate you know immediacy so 
it was an absolute gut punch, right? I mean, you know, I've been involved in that athletic department since uh, the late eighties and uh, you know, just to see the number of people that it's impacted. Yeah. You know, and, and to talk to some of the players right away when the emotions were there, it was, it was hard. It was hard to swallow, right. To see that level of not just history, but you know, the quality kids that are in there now, just having to answer their questions and, and, you know, see what they want from us. Right. And, and how we can help, but just as, as a guy that is an alum, as a guy that coached for 30 plus years and has been on the provincial board of directors for BC High School football since like 1996, like on so many levels, it was uh, shocking and, and just an emotional day. I guess that was the second last question because I want one more thing. Talk really briefly about the uh, the petition. So what are we hoping to gain from that petition that's circulating? Well, same as any group is looking to gain, right? You're looking to gain support. We want to get names on that. We want to be able to present it to the university saying, you know, these are the people that support us. Um, and, you know, we want to engage those people. And if a small petition can do that, but it reaches out, uh, it turns into larger conversation and, you know, a larger commitment and willingness to help. I think that's a, a great thing, right? So, you know, the petition's a small piece. It's a, it's a meaningful piece, but, you know, there's other tangible voices in action that we hope uh, we can bring to the table here to to get this headed in the right direction and and maybe you know turn things back before the wheels get spinning too far off the tracks. Well, I wish that we were having you on under better circumstances, but I really appreciate you taking the time tonight to pop on here and talk about SFU and talk about what we're trying to do to save the program. And I know I really wish the best of luck for SFU. Anything that we can do on a social media platform, we're happy to help and accommodate and do what we can. And yeah, I guess uh, hopefully we can touch base again soon and hopefully we'll have more positive news about this. Let's hope, Anthony. Thanks so much for having me. That was our conversation with Farhan Lalji from TSN and uh, what's going on right now with Simon Fraser University. We will be back again next week with another episode and you can follow us on Instagram at around the CFL podcast and you can find us on Apple, Amazon, iHeartRadio podcast, Spotify, Pandora or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. That is it for us this week and we'll see you later.